Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 2020. (laughs) Maybe you might be watching this in 2019 because we have to get ready for the first week of Sunday. That's not a real phrase. The first week of January. (laughs) And the Book of Mormon. The first week of the Book of Mormon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I even dressed like a Book of Mormon. The blue copy. (laughs) Um, To just celebrate that we're starting the new book. So the New Testament was fantastic. We loved it. We loved it. It really was such a, uh, like, it's just funny to look back one year ago when Emily just called me and said, do you know how to work YouTube? Should we like film a little video? And now this community has been so enriching and thrilling and and fun. And And we we love meeting you. Don't ever wonder if we don't want to meet you. We totally want to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're just so excited to start the book of Mormon now. And, uh, Let's just go, right? Well, okay, here's some things. Yeah. Remember I'm how I'm the responsible <laughs> one? He's just going to jump right in. A lot of you have asked, what do you need to be able to study with us this year? So let's talk about that first. And right off the bat, let's get the elephant out of the room. Because... <laughs> I want to keep it in the room. You're going to want a study journal. And we also would like to have a study journal. And we are in the same boat, all of you are, that we don't have our study journal yet. But everybody, they are coming. Um, some keep, of you are getting them some already, of you which have is them. Awesome. We keep getting pictures of people who are getting them in their mailbox. So we know they're coming to you. I think we'll get ours last. We feel fine about that. Um, but we don't have one to show you. But you want your study journal. Pretend like this is it. Yeah. Oh, that looks great. Okay. Second, um, this is a devotional book. As we were thinking about what might be helpful to you and your families as you move forward into the year, and as we have been doing Come Follow Me, one thing we noticed that we felt like was missing, um, we have our lessons on Sunday that we kind of go through with our family, but we wanted something to be able to do in the evenings, like around the dinner table, just something really easy, five minutes long. Um, and so then we thought, what if you had a devotional? You don't have to do it every single night, but if you could take the chapters for that week, so like the first week is one through seven, so you would just go through um, through those first seven chapters, and there's going to be a little devotional for every single night one verse to read, um, a couple things to think about with your family, just a question you could ask around the dinner table. And then there's also a place for you to start um, capturing your favorite verse in that um, chapter every time. And it might be the same as ours, um, or you might stumble on something different. So this is kind of just like a workbook that you could leave at the kitchen table and do with your family every single night if you wanted to continue your study more than just that one hour on Sundays. Um, And then there's one million books that people have written like that are commentaries on the Book of Mormon. And those are just great. Any of them. Yeah, any of them are fantastic Mm -hmm. because they just get your mind going. It's not like they are the expert on the Book of Mormon. We're not the experts on the Book of Mormon. But it just kind of is nice to kind of spur your thoughts and get you into the scriptures more. But the one that we like the most is this one, the Book of Mormon Study Guide. Let's Um, talk about what we like about it. Yeah, by um, Thomas Valletta. Um, what we love most about this one is there's just a lot of um, prophetic quotes that he has in the margins here next to scriptures. And so that's neat that it's all just in kind of one place as you as you go through and, and study just some commentary, like prophetic commentary on different spots of the Book of Mormon. So that's what we really like about that book. 
um, our devotional book. I mean, really, you're going to find whatever you want to kind of help you in your journey, your own personality and everything. So there's a couple suggestions. Yep, And we're going to have a couple more in the middle of this, but we don't want to overwhelm you with suggestions. So <laughs> those are your study tools, plus the journal that is going to appear magically in the next two weeks to everyone. And maybe we should just give a heads up there. We want that to come into the stores eventually. Like that is our hope. Um, but you keep buying so many online that all of the books that come in are going to the people who bought online. So if you really want one by the first couple weeks of January, just jump online and buy the books. Or you can go in the store and order through the store if you don't want to pay shipping and it can come to the store. Either of those is easy. Hopefully by like the middle of January, we're going to have some books in the um, store in that the you store. can snag. Yep, that you can snag. Um, Sorry, everyone's working as hard as they can. Oh, they are. Everybody's working so, so hard, and so. we are so grateful. And we're just so grateful so many people are, are going to jump in and want to study and journal the Book of Mormon. I'm going to put these down. Okay, good job. You put those down, and I'm going to step out of the way while you're doing that so oh, people okay. can see the board. Okay, if you are new with us and you're like, what is that journal? What are you even talking about? We're going to show you a little bit later up close to the camera so you can see those. Um, but... Um, Otherwise, we kind of step out of the way because in the journal is these study guide sheets um, that you can kind of fill in as you follow along, along in the lesson or as you study on your own. So it's kind of like our outline, you know, for what we're talking about. So this first week of the Book of Mormon, we talk about all of the pages that are in the beginning. You know, the title page and the second title page. The first title page only has the title. Um, the introduction, the testimony of the three witnesses, the eight witnesses, the, the testimony of Joseph Smith in the coming forth of the Book of Mormon and all those pages that are like really helpful at the beginning of the book to jump in. So that's where we are going to go today when we let's just let's just rock and roll. OK, this is really fun. So you want to go to what's called the title page. If you only see the title, that's not the one. <laughs> the other title page is looks like this. Yeah, Here, let me help. This is the one you want. It kind it's, of looks like this. It's the one that starts off, if you're listening on the podcast, the one that starts off um, the Book of Mormon, an account written by the hand of Mormon upon the plates taken from the plates of Nephi. So this is actually, a, uh, Joseph Smith actually said this was the last leaf in the plates. So this is actually like, this page itself was not an introduction like the one we're going to see later written in modern times. But Mormon himself actually wrote this title page. Which is so awesome. To anybody who's going to read it. And it's neat because, like, if at the very, very beginning, catch how fun words are. He says, wherefore, it is an abridgment of the record of the people of Nephi and also of the Lamanites. Um, and you're going to find out at the end of the book that Mormon is taken to this cave of records that have been kept. And all throughout the book, he will like quote from and draw from and pull from um, this just thousand year history. And this is sort of just a compilation of little sermons that he like pulled out of this stack of records and a summary of a story from this records and this records. And what's neat about that is... Yeah, and it's fun to ask this question. How did he know what to pick? Like out of all those thousands of records, how did Mormon know these are the right ones to yeah. go in the book? Which is cool because that means you know that everything you're reading is something that was hand-picked for the book. It just wasn't just passed down and like, oh, this might be nice. But mm -hmm. he actually took everything. And then th that's why the Book of Mormon is a book where you can particularly ask... 
why would he have included this? And he tells us, and it would be fun to talk about it, um, and I, he says this in um, Mormon 8, 35, Behold, I speak unto you as if you were present, and yet you are not. But behold, Jesus Christ has shown you unto me, and I know you're doing. And so how he chose what he was going to pick is by going through all of those things, and he had seen our day. And as he went through, he was like, I think this might be helpful to them. And I think this might be helpful to them. And and he tells us several times in there, this is why I chose this, because I think this would be important to you in your time. So as we're reading it, it'd be really helpful for us to ask those questions. Why would Mormon have chosen this for me today? Yeah. And why does he quote when he quotes? And why does he summarize when he summarizes? This is just will take you onto a little bit deeper level to try and get into like, Wait, he is very particular in why he's putting things in and why is he putting them in in the order that he's putting them in? Mm -hmm. And why does he interrupt as a narrator as he writes? Yeah, like you like he's doing that on purpose. So like what is it? For that because sometimes you're reading the story of Nephi or whoever, and then all of a sudden Mormon appears and he's like, Here, let me help you with this part. It's interesting to note that thirty six percent of the Book of Mormon was actually Mormon commentary, talking. Yeah, yeah, talking to us. Um, so you want to be watching for his comments because he saw our day. So when he jumps in and is like, "Hey, you might want to pay attention to this," is because he knew what we would be facing at yeah. this time. Another thing I saw last night that I think is really cool that you why you might love that Mormon put it together is the second sentence in that title page. Is he says, "It is written to the Lamanites." who are a remnant of the house of Israel, and also to Jew and Gentile, which means, and everybody else. Well, I thought it was interesting that he says first, first, this is written to the Lamanites. And if you remember, I went back last night and I read the beginning of the Book of Mormon, like not the book, but Mormon's book in the book. This can be so confusing. (laughs) Um, But where, like just as a kid, all he saw was warfare with the Lamanites. And remember, he becomes a captain at age 17 and fights against him. That means like he's watching this group of people like slaughter his friends and family. Like his whole life has been filled with fights against this enemy, you know, the Lamanite people. And it's interesting to me that in the he grew up in that. Mm-hmm. And even though he grew up in it, in the midst of this battle, he will die at their hands even. Um, he writes, puts it together and says, I want this for my brothers, the Lamanites. And it made me think, this is a book motivated by love. Like what is put together in this book, love was his motive. And mm-hmm. that makes, I think, it even extra special. Yeah, that's like, awesome. When he does it. So um, what is cool is he is going to tell you this. Um, a lot of times you're like, what's the purpose of the Book of Mormon? Mm-hmm. And if you ask that in a Sunday school class or to your family or to your group, what is the purpose of the Book of Mormon? I bet everybody is going to mention purpose number three that Mormon mentions because it's the most famous one and it was put on the front of the Book of Mormon as a, what do you say, a little subtitle? Yeah. Another Testament of Jesus Christ back in, when was that? I wasn't alive, I don't think. But a long time ago, it got put on there and everybody knows that one, but it's neat to hear Mormon say, okay, I just, remember this is the last leaf. I just put together this record for you. Let me tell you what I was thinking about when I put it together. And he uses three words that we love. And he says, I want to show you something, I want you to know something, and I want to convince you of something. 
Um, so if you go down, it's in the second paragraph. Right in the middle. After he says, okay, I also took from the records of Ether and the brother of Jared, who were building a tower to get to heaven, da 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 da, da which is to show. Do you see that right there? Um, so, which is, number one, which is to show the remnant of the house of Israel what great things the Lord hath done for their fathers. So that's purpose number one. I want to show you the great things that God has done um, for your fathers, for the people of the past. And we love that because if he's doing great things for people in the past, that same God is going to be doing great things for you and for I. And that's going to be a theme we are going to watch in great detail throughout the entire Book of Mormon. So that phrase, the great things, you want to like memorize that and capture that and keep that memorize with you for this whole study. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't take very long. It's easy. The yeah. great things. Got it. Where is it? It's from the title yeah. page. It's so easy. That can be our memorized Tuesday scripture. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're done. Yay. But I love that comment. Like, And let it let that phrase settle on your heart because it's something that is going to be a, a running theme yep. in the book. Okay, his second purpose is that you may know the covenants of the Lord and that you are not cast off forever. Um, that is so powerful. Like this book is going to is going to show you that God does great things and let you know that he has not forgotten you. Like you will not be left out in the dark. He is he, he has covenanted to keep reaching out, to keep rescuing, to keep bringing in um, his people. And that is so awesome. This is a book that is evidence that God does not forget people in the world. The whole existence of it is proof that I haven't forgotten this other continent. I won't forget my people. And then the third one is the one that a lot of us know. I want to convince you. That's so awesome. That mm -hmm. he's like, I want to convince you. That Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God, manifesting himself unto all nations. There's that spot again, that he's like, I, I all is 100%. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm the God of all the whole world and have rescued the whole world. So those are the three. That's what Mormon says. These are my three purposes to show you this, that you will know this, and to convince you. And we'll be Jesus. talking about those all year this year. Those are going to be things, in fact, we're going to we're going to kind of go into a little bit more detail on those in the next few minutes because we think what Mormon said is the purpose is one of the things we want to capture from this study of the Book of Mormon this year. Yeah, and make sure we remember all three of them. Like, where is he trying to show us this? How is he trying to help us know this? And when is he trying to convince? That'll be fun to look at as, as we go through. Um, so let's talk for a minute about the great things, and then um, we'll move into Jesus Christ from there. Um, you might have heard us talk about this because we've been talking about this a lot recently, but we had the opportunity to teach the Book of Mormon. How many years ago would that have been? Four? Yeah. Three? I don't Yeah. 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 And we um, usually plan our seminary lessons together. And at the beginning of the year, we were like, let's do something a little bit different. And we decided to watch for the great things or the tender mercies of the Lord all the way through the Book of Mormon. And we challenged our seminary kids um, to do something we've never done before or since. And it was a really powerful year. In fact, we have students come back and tell us all the time, I still have my Book of Mormon from that year. And so we told our kids just to purchase this really inexpensive copy of the Book of Mormon. And we put a challenge in the beginning of the Book of Mormon. And I'll put this in the newsletter because you're probably going to want to see it, but we just taped it right in. It's not fancy. It just was stuck in there. 
And it said this, what would happen if we treated our Book of Mormon like we treat our cell phones? What if we carried it around in our pockets or our backpacks? What if we turned back to get it if we forgot it? Wouldn't that be awesome? You're, I forgot my Book of Mormon. I'll be right back. What if we flipped it open several times a day? What if we spent an hour or more using it every day? What if we used it consistently to receive messages from the text? What if we treated it like we couldn't live without it? What if we searched for new applications? Don't, I love that one so much. You just going to search for new apps. What if we used it as we traveled? What if we used it in case of an emergency? What would be different in our lives if we use this book like the Book of Mormon so, or like our cell phones? So we gave that challenge to our seminary kids and we challenged them to take the book everywhere they went. They didn't leave it at seminary. It became um, just something they carried around with them everywhere. And I found graces this morning as I was looking through my stuff, which I love because I, I hope you can see. Do you see that it is just dog-eared because she took it everywhere she went with her? And we're dying over, we've been reading through, don't tell her, she's on our mission so she doesn't know. Um, we've been reading through, look at all of her markings in here. Who loves that she just used whatever pen she wanted? What was even yeah. happening here? We don't even know. And your favorite, we got a little giggle yeah, out of it? this. It was so funny. Just her little notes. Can you see this? And for those of you who are listening on the podcast, she's um, highlighted the Antichrist. Korahor the Antichrist right here in the title. And then she's putting put notes at the top that says, don't ever have that title. <laughs> it's, it's good so life awesome. advice. It's good By life grace. advice. Um, but you can just tell this is so worn um, from carrying it around all the time. And um, Josh did the same thing on his mission. He had a Book of Mormon he never put down. And you can tell he wore the... Um, the words right off the front of it because he just carried it. But I love the most about this is you can tell he carried it like this because your thumb just fits perfectly right in it. Um, and that is the year we challenged our kids to mark the great things um, all the way through the book. That's what they were marking is anytime they saw a great thing or a tender mercy in this book, they were supposed to mark it. And then they watched for how the Lord worked in those people's lives and thought about it in their own lives. And um, every time we meet one of those kids, it, for me, I was teaching in ninth grade class, yours would have been older. Every time I see them, the first thing they say to me is, I still have that Book of Mormon. Um, because it became so precious to them over yeah. the course of that year. And so that's a thought you might want to think about as you're thinking about um, how you want to enter into this is maybe you want to do something similar to that where you're just watching for a certain topic and maybe it's the great things that yeah. you want to mark and carry around with you and um, keep with you. So I'm going to put this little cell phone reminder in the newsletter. If you want it, you'll be able to copy it from there. But that is just a fun idea. We're going to talk about other ideas as we keep going. But that is just one that might be fun. It's tracking the great things. Yeah. And personally, like it, it really was for me one of my greatest studies of the Book of Mormon like yeah. in my it life so, so awesome. far. Like just to like look and to see like what are all the great things that God is doing. It's what Mormon says you're going to find. Nephi says you're going to find it. That's a sneak peek to next week's. Um, <laughs> Moroni. Yeah, Moroni says you're going to find it. And it's just awesome to look for it. It really does open up your eyes to see him more prevalent in your own story. Mm -hmm. And that is the, that's like the power of it. In fact, if you go to the introduction, this is um, just awesome. 
This is an introduction that was written later. So then, now we're not on the title page anymore. Now we're on the page that is going to turn into what says the introduction at the top. And this page is a great read. It's written in a little bit more modern English. Um, and it's just like, this is what you can kind of look forward to as you move through the Book of Mormon. It's going to tell you uh, just what it is for those who don't know. And it's going to tell you some of the things that you ought to be excited about. And one of the things we like in here, it's the one, two, third paragraph. And it says this, the crowning event recorded in the Book of Mormon is the personal ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ among the Nephites soon after his resurrection. But we like taking that sentence and just stopping halfway through it and saying it like this, the crowning event recorded in the Book of Mormon is the personal ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a moment when he comes in third Nephi and really does come in as resurrected Lord and God to the Nephites. And that's such a great spot. And everybody has that one-on-one -on -one experience and it is so personal and we, we watch it happen. Yeah. But that same, and we watched it all last year as we looked at the New Testament. We watched Jesus reach out one by one with people to the woman on the roadside, to the woman at the well, to the man at the pool of Bethesda, to the blind man, to the leper. Um, and he was right there and, and someone can draw a painting of it and you see Jesus in it. But something we love looking for in the Book of Mormon is starting in page on page one, you are going to see the personal ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ with these people. Yep, one on one. And we want to give you an invitation to actually look at the Book of Mormon this year with that lens. A lot of times we talk about this is a story or a book about people's stories. It's Nephi, it's Alma, it's the stripling warriors, it's their mothers, it's the brother of Jared. Um, we see all those people, but how often do you look at it and say, okay, this is a story about Jesus. Yeah. This is how Jesus made Nephi a shipbuilder. This is how Jesus made the brother of Jared able to put light in boats. Um, but when do we watch and see the story of Jesus that is woven through the whole Book of Mormon, and we want to focus on that this right. year. And that is when the book becomes powerful, is when it shifts away from um, principles and moves on to the person of Jesus, where you're like, wait, this is a story about him. Elder Holland in last general conference said he stands as a sentinel over every page. Um, and you might accidentally miss that because we're so used to the Book of Mormon. And the people. And the, and stories, the stories that were just like, oh, I love the story of the Stripling Warriors. I love the story of Abish. I love this story. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. But it's actually a story about God doing great things among ordinary people. Mm -hmm. And if you'll watch for that, it makes the book powerful. And we're going to see the effect of the Lord's grace on the Lord's people. We're going to see the how of how grace works in the lives of his people. And in the New Testament, we met Jesus in a one-on-one -on -one live capacity. We watched him walk the streets of Jerusalem. We watched him interact with the people. People could reach out and touch his robe. People were with him. The thing I love about the Book of Mormon is it's gonna teach us more of what our relationship with Jesus Christ can look like, that we can still have those personal one-on-one -on -one moments and that intimacy and and being vulnerable in those moments with Jesus Christ and we're going to watch people who are doing the same thing we are doing yeah. and having life-changing experiences because of it. Yeah. It's so neat. In that same paragraph it says, the Book of Mormon puts forth the doctrines of the gospel, outlines the plan of salvation and tells men what they must do to gain peace in this life and eternal life in the world to come. 
And if you look at it through, again, that Jesus lens, it, it means we're going to see Jesus as a lawgiver. Like when it says the Book of Mormon gives the doctrines of the gospel. Well, where did they come from? They came from him. He's lawgiver. It outlines the plan of salvation, which means he is the grace giver. That's what the whole plan of salvation is about, is you are saved by grace because of his merits and mercy. We'll see that in the book. And then what do you do to gain peace? Well, you find him because he's the peace giver. That is what we're going to see Jesus as throughout the book. Yep, and, and you'll see that right here on this page. You just want to write down lawgiver, grace giver, peace giver. That's what we're going to be watching for throughout the entire book. Um, the introduction tells us, in fact, that it is the Book of Mormon has a very, very particular mission. Um, all scripture is wonderful, but this is the Book of Mormon's unique mission among and its purpose among all of the book of scriptures. It's in the paragraph that starts concerning this record about Joseph Smith. Uh, I don't know what number. One, two, three, four, five, something, six down. Okay. Um, concerning this record, it says, the prophet Joseph Smith said, I told the brethren the Book of Mormon was the most correct book of any on earth and the keystone of our religion. We'll come back to that spot. And a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. Um, that is the particular mission of the Book of Mormon, to draw us nearer to God. Like that is, it is to help us have a personal relationship with the Father and the Son. Like that is its mission. And he tells us how, not just by reading it, but by abiding by its precepts. Mm -hmm. um, this is how a person can gain that relationship with him. And if you want, I like in Emily's scriptures, she's got, you can draw if you have real life scriptures. So you'll see the blue, I don't know if you, yeah, you can barely see that blue line. It comes down from there, get nearer to God. The precepts are found right up there in that first paragraph. Um, it's, we're going to watch for God's dealings. It tells us the Book of Mormon is going to, um, it's a record of God's dealings. That's the first precept. That's what we're going to see. Um, and um, it also contains, as does the Bible, the fullness of the everlasting gospel. So that's the other thing we want to be watching for as we're reading. Yeah, that's what's going to help someone draw near to God. One, to watch for his dealings among people, like the great things, that's what that is. And then second, um, the fullness of the everlasting gospel, which begins by trusting him and learning how to repent and turn our lives over to him, to be baptized, to follow him, to be his disciples, like all of those things is what it's going to show. Um, one of the things that we have thought a lot about this year is um, that there is something about this book. And we kind of feel it. Um, we, we hear the prophets and the apostles talk about it. There is just something about this book. And as we were getting ready to start this challenge or this year of reading through the whole Book of Mormon, I thought to myself, I want to capture all the promises. I want to know the promises that we can expect or anticipate as we go into this study with our families. So the first one we know is this one. Um, it's going to bring us nearer to God. That is the first promise of the Book of Mormon. It was given to us by Joseph Smith. But there's so many other promises, and we thought it would be fun to just go through and talk about some of those. Um, they're going to be familiar to you. Um, President Hinckley said this, Without reservation, I promise you that if each of you will observe this simple program, regardless of how many times you previously may have read the Book of Mormon, there will come into your lives and into your homes an added measure of the Spirit of the Lord, a strengthened resolution to walk in obedience to His commandments, and a stronger testimony of the living reality of the Son of God. So there's 
three promises. Um, the other promises we're going to talk about, a majority of them come from Ezra Taft Benson. You know he felt so called to teach the church about um, the Book of Mormon and that we were missing something in yeah. our in our study habits and our worship because we had kind of neglected it in the past. Um, Marion G. Romney also has a couple quotes that President Benson used. And so a lot of times they are attributed to President Benson. They actually came from Marion G. Romney, but let's just list some of He's these. He's like, yeah, I'm getting credit, <laughs> finally. <Yes. laughs> um, so you're going to get an ad, added measure of the Spirit of the Lord. Um, you'll want to be more obedient. That You're going to obtain a testimony of Jesus Christ. These are so good. You'll have greater discernment, insight, conviction, and spirit. It will bring you nearer to God. A power will begin to flow into your life the moment you begin a serious study of the book. A greater power to resist temptation, mm. power to avoid deception, power to stay on the straight and narrow path, and you will find life in greater and greater abundance. Don't you love that one? Just the thought of like, it just almost makes you alive. Yeah. Um, and, and life giving. And she's going to put all these promises into the um, newsletter so you can look at them. And that is really neat to begin the year and just look like, wait, which promises. one? Which one do I need right now? I was yeah. I was just talking to a uh, a friend last night who's going to head on a mission in January, and he just says, "Man, I just feel like temptation is so potent right now in my life." And he would be someone who would cling on to that promise, mm -hmm. right? That like, look. This is a book that as as you like look for the dealings of God here and learn of Jesus in it, it's going to give you power over temptation. Like, it'd be fun yeah. to pick which one do I need right now yes, in my and life. Yes, and there's I more. Love that, there's more. And we won't do all of them, but just along with that one that you're talking about, it talked about this quote, Young men, the Book of Mormon will change your life. It will fortify you against the evils of our day. It will bring a spirituality into your life that no other book will. Um, it will be the most important book you will read before your mission. I love that. But then it also talks about our homes, that the spirit of the book will permeate our homes. Parents will counsel their children in greater love and wisdom. Children will be more responsive and submissive to the counsel of their parents. Righteousness will increase. Um, I love this one. Faith, hope, and charity and the pure love of Christ will abound in our homes and lives, bringing in their wake peace, joy, and happiness. So... It's so interesting that there are all of these promises that just surround this book, and, and all you have to do is open it. I wanted to end with um, President Nelson, because he's our prophet today. And he says, I promise that as you daily immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon, you can be immunized against the evils of the day, even the gripping plague of pornography and other mind-numbing addictions. And then I love this one. My dear brothers and sisters, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, you will make better decisions every day. Don't mm. you love that one? So much. Yeah, there's I, so many was, great promises. I was just thinking as you were reading that, where is the, oh, okay. Uh, and, and, you, and you want to ask yourself, why? Why? What is it about that book? And we already saw it. The book has a particular mission. You know, to show you that that Jesus Christ has not forgotten you, that He deals with you in your, the great things He'll do for you, and the witness of Him as a personal Savior. So imagine if you read President Nelson's quote like this: "Replace the Book of Mormon with Him." I promise you, as you daily immerse yourself in the story of Jesus, you will be immunized against the evils of the day. Um, you, uh, as you prayerfully study the story of Jesus every day you will make better decisions every day. That is what makes so it good. so powerful. Yeah, it's so good. 
Um, okay, let's jump into this. Oh, what were we going to do right here? Oh, let's show the, the journal pages right oh, here. Okay. Because well. this is why we designed the journal, the study journal, the way we did was to try and like set our hearts on this very thing. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other promises. So do you want to oh, start yeah. Okay. With easy. So um, you're going to notice four pages every week you get to fill in. Do you love that we just photocopied these because... <laughs> we don't have ours <laughs> yet. So, <laughs> so here, this is going to be nicely bound for you, everyone. But there will be the study sheets that you're used to. Yeah. And I picked the Merry Christmas one by accident. Well, but it's perfect. It's Christmas. It's Next Christmas. week. And then this. you all wanted a journal page. And so just do, as you're watching the video or listening to the podcast or whatever, write down your notes or impressions, the important things that stand out to you or on take this, this to page. church with you and yes. write what you learn in Sunday school, yep. what just you're studying as a family, everything. Anything from those chapters you want. We just tried to make it one place where you could put all your study of the Book of Mormon the whole year. Yep. Um, this one, we thought if you want to break up your reading every day of the week, this gives you a little place to just write down. This is what I'm going to read on um, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. You can just put um, the verses at the top. But there might be certain promptings that come to you or things that you want to remember from that reading. And go ahead and put that there. And then we just put a little spot for Sabbath thoughts um, that you can add anything that um, comes from your family discussion or from your um, church. And then this is our favorite page, everyone. So we want to talk about this for a minute. Um, the first one, we want to come off those promises. And one of the promises that is consistent among everyone who has talked about the Book of Mormon is an increase of personal revelation. For some reason, when you read the Book of Mormon, you we are going to experience an increase of personal revelation in our life. And we want you to be having um, a place to write that down. So these thoughts right here are just specific thoughts that come to you from the lesson, from the words on the page, from the things that you are studying. But we also want you to be watching in your life for that added measure of revelation that has been promised to us simply because we are reading the Book of Mormon. So this square right here, the second one down, is for personal promptings that come to you through the Spirit that don't necessarily have to do with any of the words on the page, but it really is just the personal ministry of the Lord working in your life and the Spirit whispering promptings and, and the places you are led and things that um, that you're gonna do, there is a place for you to record that right there as you go through. Yeah, and then on the bottom of it is that the great things. We're so excited about. We this just part. love this. Yeah. It really does. Like as you and there's a spot to watch for it. What were some of the great things I saw God do for the people of ancient America? Yep, yeah, in their story. Right in their story, and then what about in my story? That really is where the magic of the Book of Mormon like happens. Is to is to see like, oh, this is how God deals with people. Now can I watch for that on a Tuesday afternoon in my story? Mm -hmm. And when he comes off of the pages of scripture and comes alive in your story, that is where a power begins to surge into your, your everyday. Yeah. And, and we so, want you to be experiencing that and watching that. And then there's one little last part that we want you to make note of. Um, one thing people say to us all the time, from being seminary teachers, but also we hear it from you all the time. Um, we use the phrase a lot, this is my favorite verse. Or, this is my <laughs> my favorite dad just chapter. made fun of us like yesterday for it. I was like, <laughs> we can't help it. We think we've told you our favorite and then we open it back we up and we're like, one. oh, wait a minute, this is our favorite. And um, we have become a little bit known for that within just the seminary programs that we teach, but then also 
wherever we have the um, opportunity to teach. And it's because really the scriptures have just become our favorite. We love them, but they, we want them to be your favorite too. Why not? And so you start capturing your own favorite parts down here. You, As you're going through, we want you to look at all this and be like, you know what my favorite part is? My favorite part is knowing that, um, you know, this from the introduction or my favorite part was this from the title page. You own your favorite part, whatever you want it to be. There's no wrong part. Yeah. Um, but we just want you to love the Book of Mormon by the time we're done. So you're going to be just watching for your favorite <laughs> All the favorites. Part. And then when you flip through, yeah. you like, oh, wait, that was my favorite. No, this was my yes. favorite. It would be cool yes. at the end. I yeah. always ask um, Daisy, my friend Daisy, every Sunday night. I was like, who won church today? Which means, what was the best line? What was your favorite part, you know, or favorite, like, line from a hymn or thought that came or whatever. We're just going to ask you that every week. Yeah. Who won? Yeah, who won? Who won? Who it's going to be God part? every week, but just what did he say? <laughs> Um, okay, we want to talk about this line for just a second because this is a really fun thing to like think through, especially if someone is approaching the Book of Mormon for their first time. In addition to it being a book that gets you nearer to God, it's also a keystone book. And this is the worst keystone arch that's ever been drawn <laughs> in, in the you history the keystone. I know, of the world. But I remember as a... Okay, you're... Uh, you're like you're gonna ruin that don't be drawing <laughs> no you can't i just remember somebody drawing this for um me in sunday school or something saying it's a keystone and and they said if you take out this stone the whole arch crumbles and i remember thinking as a kid well what if you took out that one too <laughs> the whole thing would fall no matter what but the point is a keystone <laughs> is all the rest of the blocks like all rest on this one and it tells you in the introduction like kind of explains that a little bit <laughs> Didn't your you primary think that? teacher was like oh my heck go sit in the hall <laughs> well i'm just saying they're like if you took this out it falls i was like well what if you took that one out it would fall too um but <laughs> it says this in the introduction that we invite all people everywhere should we end on that because the test the it, wait, we skipped the witness part. Should we just talk about the witnesses real quick or do an end? No, of the it's witnesses? okay. We okay. It, there's an invitation at the end of the book to pray if and to read, to ponder, and to pray if this book is true. And those who ask in faith and, and he really is talking answer, about the end of the book. He's right. not talking about the introduction. He'll he's read, in Moroni. Yeah, he's going to quote Moroni yeah. there. Um, that those who discover that this book is true, it it is it's a domino truth. Right? So if the Book of Mormon is true, it means first and foremost that Jesus really is the Christ, the Savior of all the world. Because and this is a book about where you're him. reading if they yeah, want to be This is the along. last paragraph of the introduction. And so you're gonna see he's gonna quote Moroni ten, three through five, and that then promise. and then you're gonna go right into this, and this last little bit is what people talk about as the keystone. keystone. Yeah. Okay. And the first thing it's going to say is, if, if the Book of Mormon is true, Jesus is the Savior. Right. Because it testifies of him. It's his witness that he reaches out to other nations, that he really is the Savior of the whole world. Uh, it, it's a witness of the resurrection, right, of, of his truths, all those things. Okay. If the Book of Mormon is true, then you'll also realize by default that Joseph is his prophet, right? He, that How could this have been done? And you want to think that as you read. Like, sometimes, every once in a while as you read, you want to think, did, did an unlearned farm boy put this together, you know, in 60 days? Like, mm -hmm. did he really pull this together? Could he have masterfully, like, written, 
not just, I mean, sometimes it's just one sermon. You read Alma's sermon in Alma 32 and you're like, that is a masterpiece. It is literarily beautiful and doctrinally correct. Yeah, and, and what just, about Jacob 5? Yeah, that Like whole, there's so many. That you're just like, and yeah. that's one, that's one spot. But you learn because he was the translator, right? Um, that if it's true, that means also that he really is, was called as his revelator. You know, and his prophet. And then the third, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's kingdom uh, on the earth, readying, uh, setting up the stage for the Lord's second coming. That his kingdom has been reestablished, right? That there are people being made to to be kings and queens, mm-hmm. priests and priestesses. That that it's a it's a witness of it's a domino truth. Yeah. That if this is true, then then then, and that's really awesome mm-hmm. to think about. Um, and we want to end on these witnesses because they get quoted here. In addition to Joseph Smith, the Lord provided for these other 11 witnesses. And I love that the Lord did this. It was so smart. <laughs> He's like, thank you, David. Um, but the fact that like, this is a wild story to believe that there were these ancient inhabitants who wrote upon gold plates and buried them in a hill and Joseph found them. And he couldn't show them to people for a long time. And it's just kind of like, it's a wild story. Mm-hmm. And and when you read it and you discover, if you discover the Book of Mormon is true, and then by default, one, two, and three, that's like a big deal to have learned. Like those three things, like that's life altering and changing. And it's like, whoa, like for real? Like it's a wild story. And Joseph, remember him, he said himself, like, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't believe it. it. <laughs> I wouldn't believe it myself. I love that he said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you're if you're in great company, yeah. if you're just like, uh, I don't know if I can buy this whole tale. You're just like, um, J- Joseph Smith too. Yeah, he would he would empathize with you and say, oh, me neither. But there is this moment that happens, and we'll we'll talk about it next year in greater detail, yes, Doctrine and Covenants here. But mm-hmm. for today, there is next to it this testimony of three witnesses and eight witnesses. And it says in here, uh, they will testify that these are things that we saw with our own eyes and that we know of a surety um, that it happened. And they write their names to it and say like, no, we heard the voice of God. We saw the angel. We saw the plates. Um, and we know for ourselves, like we stand as witnesses, put our name in the front cover. It was in the back originally. That's fine. Of every single copy of the book and, and send it to all the world. And one of the things that's neat about their witnesses is, and probably makes their witness more powerful, is, yeah, that, I think so. is that all three of them will turn against the prophet Joseph Smith sometime in their life. All three of them leave. Two of them end up coming back. Did they all the get excommunicated yeah. at one point. In by, by Joseph. Mm-hmm. By Joseph. And you think to yourself, listen, if, if they're in on the, uh, on the scandal, if they're making it up with them and they're kind of part of the inner circle and the whole you know, cloak and dagger business. I don't even know what that means, but you know what I'm saying? Like if they're in on the scheme, the day Joseph excommunicates him, that's when you expose him to be a fraud. Like you would say, listen, the Book of Mormon, Mormon, I made it up. He told me to, he paid me or whatever. In fact, there was this one moment, I love this spot, when Thomas B. Marsh, who was one of the Quorum of the Twelve, gets excommunicated also. He actually goes and he takes aside um, David Whitmer you know, when they've both been excommunicated. And he's like, okay, all right, now, come on, tell me. Let film, you know, you know, you know, yes. you know. And he just says, I inquired seriously at David. 
If, if it was true he had seen the angel according to the testimony, he replied, as sure as there is a God in heaven, I saw the angel according to the testimony in that book. And it's so interesting because those three men never deny this witness ever. Uh, on their deathbed, they all hold to the, in fact, it's, a, it's a, the one thing they want to say. Two of them get buried with, or just one gets buried with the Book of Mormon in his hand. Two come back, and we'll study all those stories in the Doctrine and Covenants, but all of them, um, as they die, the last thing they tell their families is, this this really did happen. Yeah, and, I mean, just throughout their life. And, and there's criti- the, even the criticism we hear today was was in their own day, like, oh, maybe they just, like, imagined seeing it, you know? All 11 of them were like hallucinating or hypnotized or on two separate occasions. Um, and, and, and they were told that in their lifetime. And I love this time with Martin Harris. Um, it's a bunch of teenagers when he's moved out to Utah. A te- bunch of group of teenagers comes and says, now, did you really see him? You know, and he just looks over and there's an axe on like a little stump. And he's like, you see that axe on that stump? As surely as I see that. <laughs> I saw them, and I would have my head cut off by that axe before I denied it. And you're kind of like, oh, that went a little far, <laughs> Martin. We're kind of going a little bit crazy now. But um, you just like, the, again and again and again, they're witnesses of like, no, we saw it with our own eyes. Mm-hmm. And it really makes this, it doesn't prove um, the Book of Mormon. I love this line um, uh, that uh, C.S. Lewis says one once, or being quoted about C.S. Lewis Argument does not create conviction, but the lack of it destroys belief. So the evidence of the Book of Mormon with these witnesses doesn't create the conviction. But if there wasn't any evidence of it, then it would kind of destroy belief. But God's almost set up this situation where there's not enough evidence to like prove it. And, but there is evidence enough that you can't ignore it. And it just creates this climate where belief can flourish. Mm-hmm. And everyone like, for himself, right? He's right. like, you enter in and you figure it out for yourself. I had a seminary teacher once tell me, um, as we were getting ready to start the Book of Mormon, and we talked about um, these witnesses. And he said to me, what have you seen and what do you know? And he wanted us to take time to just write that. What have you seen because you have the Book of Mormon in your life? And what do you know because you have the Book of Mormon in your life? And then he said to us, I want you to sign your name under the three witnesses. I just, I want you to write your name there. And then underneath your name, I want you to write, I am a witness of this book. And it was one of the most powerful experiences I've had with the Book of Mormon. And so maybe at some point in this study, you want to do something similar of just, um, we put that here, um, adding your name to one of these lists of witnesses and just a little note underneath, I am a witness of this book. I know it's true. And how do I know it's true? Because what I have seen and because what I know. Yeah. And some of you are ready to do that today. And it'd be great if in your group or family, there was someone who could say today, I've seen this and I know this and you could hear it. Um, and, and if you're not there yet, that's okay. That's why we're beginning this journey. But maybe somewhere along the line, you will see things and know things about him in particular. And, and that is what your witness will be. So, yay. We're so, we're excited, so excited to get going. Really so, excited. week one. Yep, there we go. See you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. 
You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.